What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. Mostly going to be talking hoops today. Going to start with a little bit of golf talk and AJ Ott. Before we dive into all of that, though, you know, sure, you're probably hearing how great the mortgage rates are right now. But Mike and Virginia Chevalier, they are not your typical mortgage company. What separates them is Mike is a certified financial planner who looks at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. They're a small family-owned company, so you always feel like a person, not a number. Whether you're looking at refinancing your current mortgage or maybe buying a new home, Mike and Virginia will make the process as simple and smooth as possible. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Or you can always give Mike a call directly at 970-412-2472. Just tell him Justin from DNVR Rams sent you. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, all right, all right. Uh, let's start off by congratulating AJ Ott, who qualified for the NCAA National Championships today. He was out competing as an individual at the Stillwater Regional event in Oklahoma. Needed to have a, a pretty solid day in order to qualify, and he ended up finishing tied for third place overall out of the field of 74. It's a par 74 course, ended up finishing with scores of 70, 70, and 71. Finished 500 par for a total of 211 strokes. Uh, finished 10 strokes behind the winner, Goodwin, out of uh, Noah Goodwin out of Southern Methodist University. Like I said, you know, I had to close strong in order to qualify. Um, he was two. He had, he was 200 par in the final five holes and ended up birdieing on 18. So really, really close strong. In total, had 16 birdies, 9 bogeys, and 1 double bogey in the 54-hole event. Uh, really, really just a solid performance. I mean, I talked about it on the podcast yesterday. One of the best individual CSU athletes of, of recent memory. And, you know, should go on to have a really nice professional career. You know, I think everybody's kind of hoping he's going to be that next Martin Laird. Here's a quote from AJ in the press release. It's very cool. I'm just excited to represent CSU. I wish my team was out there, but it's been a great week. We've been trying to have a lot of fun. I think that's a huge key when you're playing in the postseason, as you just have to remember to have fun. For Ott, it's obviously a big moment individually, but it's also just a big moment in the history of CSU men's golf. He's just the second CSU men's golfer to individually qualify for the NCAAs. The last was Nigel Spence, who did so in 1998. So it's been a long time, you know, almost three decades, or at least we're you know, kind of approaching it, but that's, you know, kind of the, the type of player AJ's been his entire career, just transcendent, three-time All-Mountain West selection. He was one of only four players in the field to finish with all three rounds under par. Just the definition of consistency. I mean, I think that's what's been so impressive about him throughout the course of his career is he's just been so insanely consistent in a sport that it's, you know, really hard to be consistent at, even the pros. I mean, you look at some of the top golfers in the world and they just go, you know, months, weeks, months on end where they're just not themselves. They just can't seem to get it. And AJ week after week, tournament after tournament is just always in contention, you know, kind of like Eric Hamer and, and everything he's accomplished on the track side, 
you know, AJ never got the shine that he deserved or the the attention that he deserved, and it's unfortunate. I mean, we all know, you know, the revenue-generating sports are, are always what are going to be in the main focus, what are always going to be in the spotlight, but what he's accomplished throughout his career is is pretty freaking remarkable, and I'm really excited that he gets to continue. I'm excited that, you know, he gets to play in one more event and, you know, possibly, you know, get his name out there even more on on a national level. You know, I'm going to I'm going to move on here in just a second. But, you know, one of the things that I kind of highlighted in the release was that, you know, there was a lot of pressure on that. He didn't have the. He didn't have a team behind him, you know, so individually, every single stroke mattered. It, it was all on him. And there, there was some adjustments that had to be made on, on the course due to weather, you know, play a little bit more aggressive one day. And he just he was able to do it all. Uh, this is a, a quote from head coach Christian Newton. He putted really well all week. He made a lot of putts all week, and it's it's really difficult golf course. For the most part, he drove it really good. He kept it in the fairway. He wedged it really good. So he was just playing within himself and stuck to his game plan. The whole time, it was a pretty awesome result. I'm really happy for him. You know, there, there's more information on csurams.com. Mike Brohard wrote up a, a really cool feature on him and just kind of talking about the whole thing. You can kind of read about what he had to endure and all of that. Um, the Colorado PGA also did an article just kind of summing up how Ott did and, and DU and some of the other local programs. So uh, a couple of things out there worth reading on AJ Ott if you're looking for more information. But obviously, congratulations to him. A really, really awesome accomplishment. You know, I tell you, I'll, and I'll get back on track here in just a second and move on to CSU hoops, but I really wish I could golf. It's It's never been a sport that I've been able to pick up easily. And it's kind of weird because it's not that I that I have poor hand-eye or anything like that. I was a good baseball player, uh, decent at tennis as well. So I would kind of think that that would be, you know, up my alley, but I, I struggle with the weight transfer. I don't know. I'm going to have to do some some golf lessons with our with our golf pros, Spence and Mitch. But man, I just, I'm not good and I don't have the temperament for it, you know, I, I just complimented AJ over and over for how consistent he is. And I got to imagine that it takes a pretty even keeled mindset, like somebody that's competitive and driven and, and, you know, obviously wants to get better each and every day, but uh, you know, you can't be happy Gilmore in it out there throwing your clubs and stuff. And I don't know. I just feel like the inner rage in me would come out so hard if I golfed frequently, maybe it'd be a good way for me to find inner peace. I don't know. It, it's definitely a good business school. If, uh, if anybody out there wants to teach me how to golf, I'm all game. I don't even know if I can afford to play golf. That's the other thing. It's so freaking expensive. It's like skiing. You know, I didn't get to go that much growing up. One, because I was playing a lot of sports, so it didn't really work into the schedule. But gosh, man, I don't know how, like people with kids and stuff, especially, how do you get into skiing? How do you how do you pay for all of that every weekend, taking them up the mountain? I don't, I don't know. I guess that sports writing salary isn't... Uh, isn't luxurious enough for the ski lifestyle. But anyways, I think it would be fun to get good at golfing. But uh, the the long-winded point there is that AJ is a badass, and we're all really excited for him to continue his prestigious career. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, Let's move on. Let's talk basketball. On uh, Monday's podcast, I said I'd kind of get into CSU's latest hire, Sam Jones. Again, it's not official as of yet. Like, we haven't gotten the release from CSU men's basketball or the announcement from Nico Medved, but he he announced it on Twitter himself. He already has changed his background, changed his bio. 
Other coaches have retweeted it. It is not officially official, but it is, you know, official enough at this point to, to kind of dive into the situation. Um, you know, I'll be honest, Sam Jones is not a guy that was on my radar at all. I, I didn't know anything about him coming in. After diving into his background, it, it seems like a it seems like a fit that makes a lot of sense. It seems like a really solid hire. There was actually an article that was published on him in the Chicago Tribune uh, last February, just kind of talking about, you know, he's he grew up in the Chicago area, played high school ball there, went on to play at Northwood University, and, you know, actually intended to just, you know, use his business management degree, take a day job, and he ended up signed, signing to play professionally in the Netherlands after they watched a VHS tape that they sent of him, which, first of all, that, that threw me for a loop, just thinking of somebody physically sending a VHS tape across the ocean and, you know, landing a professional basketball job before it. But I guess the tape would have been, like, a lot more honest, you know, back then. It wasn't like you could edit it up online or make it appear to be something that it wasn't. But, man, that process just had to be a pain in the butt. Like, did you just individually have to cut every single tape or, you know, could you make copies of it? Again, like, I turned 26 here in a couple of weeks, but, and I remember VHS days, but I can't say that I was well-versed in um, the process of creating my own. Anyways, you know, it, it, it ends up being kind of a unique story because this guy, Sam Jones, who's just intending on being another, you know, average Joe, just planning on going and, and working a day job at nine to five, clocking in, clocking out ends up signing to play professionally in Netherlands. And, you know, he goes on to have a really, really solid career, plays 10 years overseas, played in the Netherlands, Poland, Spain, Cyprus, all over. So he got to see the whole world. I mean, that's one of the really cool things about basketball and soccer is kind of a similar way. But, you know, especially in America, obviously so much of our fascination is is with the NBA and every, you know, it's NBA or bust type mentality. And that's cool. I mean, the NBA is the biggest and, and best league in the world. It's where, for the most part, you know, all of the best basketball players in the world end up. But you can do some pretty cool things playing, you know, overseas. You can see the globe getting played to getting paid to play a game. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, right? Like getting to experience all the different cultures. It, it talked about how he's fluent in Dutch. So, I mean, this is a guy who really, you know, took advantage of every opportunity available to him. And for a lot of reasons, I think that probably is going to translate into, you know, making him a, a really good coach, a guy who's just been through a lot. He's experienced a lot. He's, you know, played at a smaller university. He's experienced the the mindset of, you know, not thinking you're going to get to play professionally and then, you know, getting to, to make the most of, a, of an opportunity. I think that's a, a really great example of the type of guy that you want leading young men. I mean, this is a guy who in high school, and again, this is from that Chicago Tribune article. You know, in high school, he joined a, a group called the Coalition of Leaders Opposing Racism and Perspective at Shepherd. It was for different kids with different backgrounds, different interests, different races. This is a guy who's just, you know, very clearly from a young age has been mature beyond his years and, you know, beyond all his international ties, which I think can be very va- valuable. I mean, you know, look at, at what CSU's been able to do with with James Moores or, you know, what Utah State was able to do with Niamis Keita coming over from Portugal. It's a global game. Those connections matter a lot. You know, he's worked in the NBA. 
He's won a championship as a player and a coach, so he knows what it takes to win. He knows what it takes to compete at the highest level. Again, you know, these are all traits, all characteristics that I really like in a coach. And and again, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to sell you guys on anything that I don't know. I didn't know much about him coming in, but based on everything that I've been able to gather so far, based on what I've heard about him from people in the know, this is a solid hire. This is a really solid hire. You just lost two coaches and and Dave Thorson and J.R. Blunt that were very much involved in your day-to-day, guys that had a, you know, a big handprint on the entire program and it kind of sounds like Jones, you know, fits that bill again from that Chicago Tribune article. Here's a little quote on on what he did with the Cavs. I do a little bit of everything with the Cavs. I teach the younger guys to be a pro. Work with them before practice. Work with them after practice. Make sure they eat healthy. Help them understand NBA terminology. I love it. This is a grinder. This is a guy that just likes working with young men and helping them become better. So I'm really excited about the hire. Hopefully once it's official, we can you know, get him and, and Cooley, the other hire on the podcast at some point. Uh, CSU is going to have to replace their head athletic trainer as well. Devontae Frazier took the job at Louisville. Uh, Louisville and some interesting headlines today. They had a former assistant. <laughs> oh man, former assistant way overplayed his hand and uh, is, is being indicted. So <laughs> kind of an interesting situation there. Um, but uh, like I said, I think Sam Jones is a really solid hire. I think his background is great. Can't wait to hopefully, you know, meet him in person soon and then see him get to work. But man, basketball season can't get here soon enough. I don't know if you guys follow on Twitter, but there was a, a highlight video going around of David Roddy and Isaiah Stevens working out with a trainer out in Texas. And God, they just look so good. Stevens on the drive just drops this nasty floater that's, you know, dang near unblockable, just you know, six feet above the rim, gorgeous. Roddy comes in hard, throws down a power slam, and I'm just thinking, like, ooh, this team is going to make some noise. I'm, I'm pumped. It can't get here soon enough. And uh, with that in mind, I'm actually going to talk about uh, scheduling in five teams I'd like to see the Rams potentially play next year, just five teams that I think would be fun to see CSU men's basketball schedule. Before I dive into that, though, just a quick word from our partners. It's playoff time, which means big stakes, even bigger promotions. It's time to hammer the over and score some cash with DraftKings Sportsbook. They're giving you a chance to lower the over-under on a featured playoff game. All players who place a bet on the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over-under on that game. For every 1,500 players who bet the over on the selected game, the over-under will drop by one point, which means if everybody hammers the over, you're just going to lower it and help your chances of it hitting. Everybody gets to play a part. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can always deposit and withdraw your funds at your own convenience. And if basketball isn't for you, that's okay because they have live betting on hockey, baseball, you can get your futures in on the NFL, college football, all kinds of stuff. You name it, they have it. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people that bet the featured game, the line will decrease by one point only helping your chance of the odds hitting. Tell your friends and family this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That with the promo code DNVR when you sign up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only restrictions to apply. Maximum of $25 wager. One per customer. Offer ends on 5-23-2021. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. 
I also want to shout out Solace Meds. We have partnered with a premier dispensary for you guys to get some smoking hot deals with. Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations, one up in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR, DNVR bar on East Colfax. They have got some banging deals all month. You can use the code DNVR20 at checkout. But all month they've got 20% off Glacier Concentrates, 20% off Mile High Extractions, 20% off CBN Gummies, 2 for 25 off Koalas and uh, Solace 100 milligram bars. They got discounts on concentrates, all kinds of killer deals. And uh, the cool thing about Solace Meds is they make your cannabis shopping experience a delight. Head over to their website, view their menu. You can order online and pick up at your convenience. Head to solacemeds.com. You can purchase from there. Again, use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your order. Tell you guys what, between the stress of the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs, might have to check out Solace Meds just for a little stress relief, man. The NHL, it's there's nothing like it. It's it's so much fun to watch, but when when it's tied or you're you know you're losing or you need that one goal, like I'm I'm not sure I'm ever more on edge than when I'm watching my team in the NHL playoffs. The entire third period feels like your team is down by a touchdown and you have the ball at your own 20-yard line with one minute and, and a half to go and like one timeout. It's just maximum stress all the time. I love the intensity. I mean, Gabe Landeskog coming out and just laying the wood on Shen five minutes into the game. Doesn't get any better than that. I know I know that some people view it as barbaric, but you know, I've dove into it before, and I do think that there is a place for fighting in hockey. But again, you know, I'm I can't really sell people on um on it not being a little bit barbaric, but I you know, I I just think it has its place. You police you police the sport yourself, and I think that's kind of cool. Anyways, getting back on track. Talking a little bit of hoops. Uh, I just, you know, put together a, a short list here of five teams that I think it would be fun for CSU to schedule for a variety of reasons. I'll just kind of jump into it here. Yeah, the first team I have is Northern Colorado, and they actually only finished 11 and 11, 6 and 8 last year. Ton of roster turnover. They have nine guys going out, and uh, including my guy Sam Mastin, who I had on the podcast a couple of weeks back. They do have Brody Hume coming back, and, you know, I, I love what he brings on the wing. Averaged about 16 points a game last year. Uh, the CU transfer, Dalen Koontz, is back as well. So they do have some really nice experience in the backcourt. Uh, they, they've been able to add a couple of nice uh, Juco pieces as well. So I think they're going to be pretty competitive in the big sky next year. Could kind of be viewed as a trap game to an extent just because, you know, I, I expect them to win the big sky, so I think they're probably going to be an NCAA tournament team. So kind of a tough game deceptively. But it'll be one of those you're definitely expected to win. You know, it would it would hurt you when it comes to your national love, your national perception if you lost it. But you can't schedule scared. I mean, I think anytime you can play a quality opponent and not even have to travel, especially just from a finance perspective, it, it makes a ton of sense. You should try and play teams like UNC and CU and, you know, DU. But just kind of like with UNC specifically, I think it'd be a fun game next year. I think, you know, Steve Smiley's got you know, something good building up there, and I'm excited to see what they're able to do in a, in a little bit more normal season. They were, you know, they came on strong at the end. It was just kind of a weird year. They had to battle a lot of injuries, a lot of weird COVID stuff, but Northern Colorado, I think would be a fun game. Yeah, the next one, you know, kind of keeping it close with regional, but stepping it up a little bit, Wichita State. You know, they made the NCAA tournament last year, 16-6, and 11-2 and in the American. 
projected to be a top 25 team again next year. I think it'd just be an, a nice opportunity for a high-profile game against a mid-major opponent. Kind of see where you're at as a team. A chance to get some national love if you win. But kind of the opposite of UNC. Like, if you win, it's great. Everybody looks at that really awesome. If you lose, it's not the end of the world. You know, that likely wouldn't be the loss that keeps you out of the tournament. Especially if it was on the road. Like, I think it'd be a good opportunity to go out on the road face a a high-profile mid-major team. I mean, like it or not, the American is a higher-profile conference than the Mountain West seems to be right now. So, you know, that game wouldn't surprise me if it was, you know, primetime on national TV. But just, a you know, a chance to to square up against quality competition, a chance to raise your brand. If you win, you know, that really helps your cause come tournament time. Just feels like a fun game. I had a ton of fun when Wichita State came to Moby Shoot, when that had been like 2015, 16, or 16, 17. The years all kind of blend together now, but Moby was rocking that afternoon. It was like a Saturday afternoon game. Really, really tight. I think Wichita State pulled away in the end, but it was a fun one. I always remember that game kind of standing out. Throwing out a, a kind of a random one, Georgia Tech. You know, again, a team that's kind of projected to be pretty decent again next year. A chance to play a good team, probably, you know, on national TV. If you win, it helps your tournament cause. If you lose, you lost to a team that made the tournament, is expected to contend at least for the tournament again. I think it'd be kind of fun, you know. Let's go let's go what you got, George uh Josh Passner. <laughs> George Passner, Josh Passner. Uh Kansas State. They they went nine and twenty, only four and fourteen in the Big Twelve last year. You'd have a chance to get revenge for that game at the Pepsi Center a couple of years back. That might have been the weirdest game I've ever covered. First of all, like it was just weird vibes from the get-go. It was not like a full-on blizzard, but there was like a winter storm that morning. The roads were really, really crappy, so getting from Fort Collins to the Pepsi Center was a total pain in the ass. The crowd totally sucked. There was nobody there. CSU came out you know, pretty lifeless in the game. Prentice Nixon had a really good game. I remember him hitting a bunch of threes. Uh, but other than that, you know, they kind of got ran off the court. There was just no energy in the arena because it was like a snowy day. Nobody was there. Nobody cared about the game. Um, But, you know, it turned out in hindsight, like after the game, that's when we found out that the Rams were going to have three guys be academically ineligible for the rest of the season. So in in hindsight, it made sense that they they came out with, you know, such weird energy. And then Larry Eustacey was as on-brand in the post-game as he'd ever been. I think he kind of knew that Matt Stevens and some of those guys were on to him and, and what was going to happen and didn't really want to talk about it. So it was just classic Larry and, and rambling for minutes, not actually talking about anything that was relevant, but just a weird, weird game. Uh, the reason I think that it would be fun to play him next year beyond the, the chance to get revenge for that debacle a couple of years ago is just anytime you can play a, you know, a big 12 team that's, you know, possibly winnable, I think that's exciting. You could throw Iowa State in in the same conversation. I mean, they had a really rough season last year. Historically, they're a pretty good program. It'd be, you know, probably a cool road trip, a chance to play in a hostile environment, square up against Big 12 competition. And I think it'd be cool. I I thought of K-State initially. Now I just thought of Iowa State when I'm talking. I mean, they did take J.R. Blunt. I guess they could give us a game. And that kind of brings me to my next opponent, and that's the University of Minnesota. Again, like it, it would be a hard one, but if you could go on the road and play them early in the year, it'd be a good chance to experience a hostile environment, play in front of a big crowd, 
chance to square off against a Big Ten team. You know, if you beat them, that looks really good on your resume. It'd be a tough one. I mean, I don't think there's realistically when you when you go on the road and play a Big Ten team or a Big 12 team or something like that, like obviously your expectations have to be tempered to a degree. But I mean, I, I have every expectation that CSU is going to be a top 25 team. So I think any of these teams I just listed, you know, it, it wouldn't be shocking for the Rams to go on the road and, and beat a team like that. <laughs> Shoot, you know, maybe you want to play Iowa State because you don't want to potentially beat Minnesota and give their administrators any ideas about down the line. Like, oh, that Medved's pretty good. He's got, you know, Roddy. And remember when they came into Minneapolis and beat us? Um, out of sight, out of mind might be better. But again, like you can't, you can't live life that way. You got to root for success. And, you know, you, you live with consequences. It is what it is when you're a mid-major program. There's always going to be bigger schools lurking. You just got to hope that you have somebody that isn't itching to jump at that every single opportunity. And I don't, you know, I don't want to speak for him, but I, I don't see Medved as that type of guy that would leave for just any job. You know, Minnesota is obviously a different deal. But, you know, I think like any of those five teams or five or six teams I listed would be, you know, fun for CSU, a good opportunity to play some high profile games, possibly, you know, give yourself a little bit of a of a boost as far as your non-conference resume goes. Hopefully they'll be competitive in the Mountain West again. I, I have, I mean, just given that they're only losing one player, I just, I have every expectation that CSU should be as good, if not better next year. So I think it'd be good to, you know, get some some quality non-conference opponents. I think. It wasn't their fault, but you know, that that probably if you would have had just like one more non-conference win, that probably would have been the difference this year between getting into the tournament and being left out. And again, it wasn't their fault. It was a wonky situation due to COVID, but hopefully that won't be as much of a factor this year. And, you know, again, go out and get some quality games. And I I think they will. Medved's always talked about the value in playing quality opponents. I don't think he's running from anyone. I will say it's a little bit different of a situation than you know, like year two when they go out and open the season, you know, open the road slate at Duke. Again, like that wouldn't be a that wouldn't be a loss that hurts you, but you're kind of different expectations. You know, you kind of want games that are a little bit more winnable. You know, if you throw a game like that on the schedule, it helps from a buy perspective, get paid some money. It's a great opportunity to go out and experience it. Helps you on the recruiting, just all kinds of stuff. But, you know, this is a team that is projected to be a top 25 team and you know, should have expectations to contend for the NCAA tournament. So, you know, you want to be a little bit strategic with how you schedule on, and I know they will. And uh, ultimately, I'm just itching for hoops to be back, and I, I'm sure all of you are too. Um, going to be a fun interview tomorrow. Going to go back to the football side of things and going to interview Super Joe Hansley, one of my favorite wide receivers of all time. Really, really looking forward to that one. I'm going to talk about his career, playing under Bobo, McElwain, highs and lows, funny teammate stories his, you know, brief NFL experience, what he's been up to since, all that fun stuff. Make sure that you're locked in and check that one out. All right, that's all I've got for you today. This is the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm Justin Michael. Stay safe out there. Much love. Peace. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be.